Hello everybody and welcome to the Words Over Whiskey podcast episode 7. This is the third episode that we've recorded during lockdown at separate locations. Yes, this is our third one. So we, yes, I think it's episode 5 and then episode 6 which was the gaming focused one and we are now on episode 7. It's not getting any less weird sitting in my room talking to myself and then hearing a response. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get a webcam, Henry. This is yeah, not I fair. Do. This is I've not had, fair. I've had this, the, my desktop I've had, um, I've had it going almost almost four years and I've still never bought a webcam just because I've never had a reason to need a webcam up until now. And now was everyone's that, like... Was that whiskey pouring sounds I heard in the background? That is me prepping the bottle, just opening it up. So. Uh, well, I've got my bottle open. Oh. Uh, do you want to announce our whiskey, Henry? Yeah, so our whiskey for this week is one you actually you gave to me for christmas i did which we said we were gonna drink together and it's now six months later and we haven't we're social distancing we can't drink it together. <laughs> literally half of those months are not it's not our fault no but the, I, i've been saving this one for when we eventually got round to it and then yes <laughs> we're fi- fi- finally it's it's been waiting patiently on my desk for six months and i can finally take taste it You've not tried it yet. I haven't, so this... Oh, excellent. Because I um, may have dipped into the bottle in a lonely uh, lockdown night or two. (laughs) So the whiskey uh, this week is the Akashi. Akashi? Akashi. It's a a Japanese blended whiskey from a white oak distillery. Neither the box nor the bottle has any description of what it tastes like or anything. Although, can I just say, it's a very pretty, very minimalist box, which is, I presume, recyclable as well. So I, I, it's made out of cardboard, Tom, I'd hope so. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it could be already recycled cardboard. Anyway, yes, it's a very nice box, very minimalist. I like it. Do you, do you need me to bring up a description of it on my phone? Uh, well, let's do let's do the taste test first. Or the taste test, the I, taste I, test. I can, and you can, can tell us. Before we start, though, can we get some appreciation for the fact that we coordinated enough to both have the same whiskey without actually seeing each other at all? And when I say we, I, think... I do mostly mean me. Yeah, I think it's because it was one of the few few bottles I'd had left. And I was like, oh, I'd been saving this for when me and you could do a podcast. And then, of course, for the past two, what, two and a half months. Three months. <laughs> Sorry, it's three months. Yeah. So, you, yes, you went and bought one specifically so that we could do it for this episode. And so that I could finally open the bottle as well after <laughs> six, six months of it just sitting there. So I got this for you at Christmas, Henry, because this one was described because we've had other whiskies from Japan before, but this, but of all the m- most well-known ones, this one is apparently the dark horse of mm. the Japanese whiskies. So, uh, tell me what you, you think. Said, you, you said that on the uh, the Nikka one, the uh, when we had the Nikka whiskey, but I think <laughs> you realised after we'd finished recording that you'd got them mixed up. Did I make a whiskey mistake? Did I make a whiskey yeah. error? Oh, that is, that is shocking. That is shameful. I am... I'm not ashamed, actually. That's a very easy mistake to make. The, bo- mm. the, the boxes even look very similar, to be fair. Anyway, can we try this whiskey? Yeah. Well, it smells really nice. Let's give it a taste test. Ooh, that's nice and smooth. <laughs> I find no. I know. Uh, when I tried it the first time, I was like, Henry's going to like this. That is really smooth, isn't it? Mm. It really... Um, it goes down really well. Like, when I tried it on Wednesday, I think it was. 
I, I got through it. I poured myself a very generous glass and I got through it in minutes. Uh, it's very easy. You, you're you're going to notice, Henry. Most of that bottle is going to be gone by the end of this episode. I was going to say, it's, it's not... I think with uh, like the Nicker, it was kind of a smoothness and then a smokiness. This is a very smooth taste, but it's quite subtle. There isn't there isn't any overpowering. There's no overpowering smokeness or overpowering particular flavor of any type. It's you're right. It's it like could a, use of more more, there, more there's, smokiness. There's a very there's a very subtle smokiness to it. I'd say. Yes. No, I I can see what you it's mean. It's not. It's not an it's not an overpowering whiskey. I'd say, yeah, and I think that would make it very easy one to drink. It smells it's, very it's, nice as well. <laughs> it does smell good. It does smell good. I think it's just nice, simple, easy. Definitely the sort of thing that you can drink while having a nice chat. Mm. There's a there's a hint of sweetness to it as well, which is quite nice. Oh. I think, um, or at least I'm getting a slight, a sort of a sweetness and then the bitterness. Kind of yes, a, a, yeah, yeah. a bit, a bitter aftertone. Aftertone. Yeah. No, no, I, I got aftertone. it there. I, I took another sip, and the, it was sweet at first, and then went on to be more bitter. Mm. So, how does this compare for you between this and the Nicker? Oh, the two. oh, I, the two I've got with... very good memories of the Nicker. Very good memories. I think Nicker from the barrel. I think that's going to be yeah, above I think this one. This is nice. Um, it's very I nice. Think, yeah. Out, it's not got enough two. It's not got enough I'd personality. Been... It's not got enough of a enough of a taste, really. Yeah, I think that's with the, with the knicker. It was very memorable because of the smoothness and then the smokiness. This yeah. is. I know it is very a little bit. Um, the taste is too subtle for me. The taste is a little too subtle. I mean, I have just had some very salty chips, so maybe <laughs> maybe it's that. But at the same time, it is. The, t- the taste is very subtle and it might be lost on me a little bit. Yeah. It, yeah, I think I definitely call this a subtle, a smooth, subtle type of whiskey. Yeah, it's, it's nice though. It's, it's kind of a, there's a flavour to it, which I'm trying, I can't quite put my finger on the right description for it. But yeah, I like, I do, I really like the bottle as well. The bottle's very nice. The bottle reminds me of like, um, in a historical drama when they go to like this old hospital or old doctor's practice and they've got these me- medical bottles like full of like of, of medicines or like preserves body parts in, in a jar and it sort of reminds me of that i was gonna say i'm gonna be very worried if i suddenly see like an eyeball or something floating in my skin <laughs> i think i think if that happens then i know it, uh, i need to stop drinking that bitterness from the taste you mentioned henry mm. It's also a little bit difficult to pour. Or well, like the, or you seem to have trouble with pouring the bottles because you said the same thing for the knicker bottle. Well, the, the knicker bottle was similarly shaped. In my defence, okay, I managed it all right then, but it's, it's, I think you, I think you mean the top of the bottle rather than the actual bottle shape. Yeah, it's nice. I'm glad to have tried it. Definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't think it's the best Japanese whiskey. You know what we should try again soon, Henry. Um, that uh, Suntory one. That, that was good. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a, that was a good one. Although I didn't like the bottle for that one either. It <laughs> sort of looked like the sorts of whiskey that uh, you'd find behind the counter in an off license, and you'd see some old wino picking it up. Yeah, I think I'm. <laughs> this, 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 <laughs> Henry, this, you said yeah very suspiciously. Then have you been going into uh, 
uh, off licenses and buying whiskey at like one o'clock in the morning. No, no, no. I, I'm just, I'm just this, 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 like you said, this whiskey is going down quite uh, smoothly, actually. <laughs> so I sold you. I sold yeah. you. So I think, <laughs> I think that is. <laughs> He's giggling. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying a good whiskey. It, it was worth the wait. Excellent. Right? Excellent. I think I'm glad. Yeah, it it's very, it's a kind of a subtle, um, smooth whiskey, but I I think I'd definitely have it again. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think I'd have it again. Yeah, I'd have it again. Um, I think out of the two, I would probably uh, choose the Nicker over it. I choose Nicker or um, uh, Suntory over this, but it's still much better than normal high street brands. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's something that you can just sip and. Contrary to something else. Mm. Yeah. Like talking about books. So talk. Like talking about books. So what 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 have you what have you been reading or what have you been up to recently? So I was reading um, Broken Homes by Brenna Wonovich. Um, I spoke about which this. Is, I spoke about this and ago. I did. It's in his PC Grant series, which is about um, the police investigating supernatural crimes. Except it's a very from a very gritty. British police perspective. So instead of it being um, two detectives who are partners who are given cases, it's actually solved in the real world. So like murder investigations, you don't have two detect just two detectives. You'd have like twenty or thirty, for instance. And in this country, I didn't know this. Um, I, I haven't actually confirmed it's true, but I, I imagine it is. Um, a murder investigation costs millions. It's going to pay the, the wages of the 20 or 30 officers involved. And they, they, that's just the detectives. You've got to pay for um, conference rooms to house the investigation. So this this is when evidence. it turns out it's not actually a police series. It's actually about their accountant. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, funnily enough, I was going to go on to say the series focuses way too much on more mundane details like this. If you want something that's very much glamorous, uh, uh, attractive, paranormal romance type stuff, Although there is some paranormal romance, there's very little um, uh, actual supernatural um, happenings. You're more likely to read about the character walking the dog in the council estate than you're going to read about him fighting vampires or something. (laughs) So have you you finished the book now? I've finished the book, yep. And um, I was very surprised. It has a great plot twist, which I didn't see coming. And I really should have. I'm very disappointed because I like to really try and work out what's going to happen. And it, I was completely lost. So I was very pleasant, pleasantly surprised. Hmm. Um, have you started anything new since then? And I've, ju- I've just started um, Half a World by Joe Abercrombie, uh, which is the second book in this little, uh, I want to say young adult uh, fantasy series trilogy, I think, that he wrote in between writing stuff for his um, uh, f- first law uh, world stuff. So if I get the chronology right, he wrote the first Law Trilogy first, which I've been begging you to read, Henry, for so long. I've read the the first one. I've got the second one ready on my shelf to read. Excellent news. He then wrote some standalone books about some of the characters in that world. Um, And then I think he wrote this series, which is completely unrelated as far as I'm aware, although this is why I'm reading it, to find out. And then now he's writing new first, First Law stuff. Um, so I want to finish this young adult series make sure that's not related at all so I don't miss anything then I can start on his new stuff which I can't wait to start on oh nice and how, how far how far through this new so what's the premise of this new, this book so uh, this is the second book in the trilogy 
Um, at the general premise is it's um, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's coming of age. It's a fantasy adventure, um, but it's also quite quite dark. Like, don't expect a group of friends to be go walk, walking happily into the sunset with their all their belongings on their back. No, it's it, it is it's Robert Grumby, Lord High Grim, Grimdark himself. It it is dark, um, and the, the characters in the trilogy, the characters from the first book, they're in the second book and the third book, but they're not the protagonists anymore, as far as what I'm been given to understand. Um, new narrators take over. And you can see what's been hap- what's happened to the characters, how what they've become in between the books from the eyes of new people. Mm. So you learn about new characters, and you've learned what's happened to the characters you've come to know and like at the same time, which I I, I think is really clever. It's not a storytelling device I've come across very often, and it's refreshing. So it's kind of you see the evolution of the characters through the new characters who are introduced. Yeah. Um, while introducing those new characters at the same time. So if you had a really fa- favourite character in the first book, you probably wouldn't see very much of them in the second book. Um, and you would, and, you, and when you do see them, you see them through someone else's eyes. So maybe what you thought about that character, how they came across to you in the first book, actually to someone else, they might seem completely different. Yeah, that's quite interesting. I think it's an interesting concept. What about, what about you, Henry? What have you been reading? Uh, so I think end of episode five, I said I was... Um, I just started a book about uh, the Victoria Cross, which was the Forgotten Voices of the Victoria Cross. It's by um, Roderick Bailey. And that was quite uh, quite interesting bit of uh, history because it's um, each individual. It, so it, co- it didn't cover all of them. It just covered like a a, a few from uh, a number of different wars. So it covered the First World War, Second World War, and the Korean War. What was uh, interesting about it was that each person had like only a few pages dedicated to them. Like maybe it could be as few as uh, two or like three or four pages, or it could be like a few more, like eight or ten. And that's actually more than I would expect. Yeah. to be honest, the way it was was at the start of each entry for each person, it'd be what uh, where they um, were fighting uh, during their war, like if they were in France or in Africa or um, Korea yeah and then it would explain what they did to receive their medal as well as what they'd done before the war and where they grew up and everything so you've got kind of a bit of a background about them and then it's either their account uh, or some of their account of what happened if they uh, happened to survive the event or it's people they fought alongside and their like recollections of it so it's quite interesting because you get all these different viewpoints of what um, what people saw or what happened. Um, it's quite interesting. Like, there was a uh, there was one guy who won his bike climbing out of a, uh, his bomber whilst it was flying to go onto one of the wings to try and put out one of the engines which had caught on fire. God, I'm, okay, I am not a fan of heights, <laughs> so I can fully appreciate that man's bravery. More brave than I don't know, running face first at a machine gun. I was uh, for me that would be far more brave. I also don't do well with fire, so <laughs> combine fire and heights and traveling at high speeds. No, no, he, that, get, that man deserves a medal. Yeah, I think there was uh, um, there was another one um, where it was a guy who uh, I think it was a Gurkha actually who um, fended off 
a whole like a a like a platoon of uh, Japanese who were trying to ambush his uh, his men and um, he basically held them off so that everyone else could retreat it's it was just it was just quite interesting like just hearing all the different events um, and things that people had done as well as like their the, the descriptions that like their friends or colleagues gave them that like some people were described as being very like quiet and you wouldn't have expected of them whereas some were a bit more loud and outgoing yeah it's just a whole variety of people who uh, who've won the medal so it's a nice like interesting bit of history you kind of got like a snapshot of uh, each each medal so yeah i enjoyed that and then next book i read i actually read this book really quickly i think i read it in about uh three days but it's called Ooh. i spy by tom marcus i think i've heard of that yeah it's about um a guy who is basically about his time in mi5 so he's an ex spy uh and it kind of uh it's I've really enjoyed it because the way he describes it, you can picture it almost as if it it would be a TV drama or a movie. So, <laughs> have you ever read any John the Carry? No, who's who's that? So he worked for either um, a bit of Secret Service. He worked he, he worked for uh, for a few years, and then he went off to become a writer. And he writes these incredibly realistic, relatable um, spy stories. And they're all standalone, and they're incredibly well written. Like even even though he's a, quite an old man, he's writing about so, sometimes what he's writing about is quite historical, like maybe you know before the war or during the war, and and, and you wouldn't think oh they're quite big books, it's quite stuffy. I'm not going to enjoy this, but actually the characters are so well realised and the writing is so easy to get into that it, they're just such enjoyable, easy reads, and. Um, I imagine uh, people who are fans of this book that you've said, they will probably be fans of John Le Carre. His books are incredibly adaptable. There's been so many films and TV shows made of them. I can think of probably five or more top of my head right now. What, what, what Did you watch The Night Manager? It had Tom Hiddleston in it. Uh, that was John I've Le Carre. That, that's a very good book, actually. I, I enjoyed that. Did you see The Constant Gardener? That was a film with Ralph Fiennes. No. That's that. That's good. There, um, there's been lo loads of adaptations. The most famous work or, uh, was Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Ah, uh, now that one I have definitely heard of. Yes. Yeah. yeah so that, that was that was John the Carry, um, uh... Little Drummer Girl, uh, Smiley's People. That, that's my five that I needed to read. <laughs> like I, I, I can probably uh, keep going. Mm. Yeah, no, I really to. enjoyed it because it's it's kind of how you'd expect. A spy to actually act and it's he goes so i think he was ex-military and then he was hired by mi5 when he was in northern ireland but it's, it's not it doesn't go through the whole routine of i did i was um like it doesn't go through the whole routine of what every mission is and what they do um for all of it but it's kind of just a few uh few of the scenarios he was in um and he does he does talk a bit about his childhood and background as well but it's because like when you think spy films, you think or spies, you think like James Bond or like spooks or something like that, with people like uh, bonnets sliding over cars and you think of car like, chases, you oh, think car of car chases and everything. Like, whereas, uh, this it, whereas this, it, he just shows it's a, a very coordinated 
um, type of thing. Like there's when they're like tracking down someone, there's five or six different agents out in the field, and they're constantly in communication with themselves and between themselves and HQ, and like saying like I've got eyes on da 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 da. Uh, can um, can someone uh, follow them in a car? Can someone follow them on a bike? I need two people on foot and everything. And it's just the way that he writes writes it is you can perfectly I could it, it like I said it was like almost like a movie playing out in my head. I could perfectly visualize what was going on. So yeah, I think that's why I read it so quickly because I really enjoyed it. But he also another um, aspect he touches on is because of how much pressure this job is because you, you're, mm. you're trying to stay undercover and everything yeah i can it's, imagine it's a very high high pressure job and so he actually ended up with ptsd from it oh god yeah. okay so yeah he, i can see he, that he he, he touches on that and he um talks about it like uh i think because his uh his wife had been in the army as well um so she, she kind of noticed i think she, she there's a chapter where she actually writes it and she says talks about the signs of it and like how she started to notice it with him like where he'd sort of phase out and he'd be kind of like looking around and um as always if he was like checking to see if anyone was following them when they'd have to when they'd take their kids to school they'd be doing about four or five laps around and he'd be checking the <laughs> um no one was following them. He'd I don't think you need to be ex-military to notice that he's got PTSD from this, if I'm honest. I think I would notice as well. But yeah, I think it, I really enjoyed it. It was really, I found it really well, uh, well written. And yeah, like I said, it, kind of, it did, just as I was reading, it kind of played out like a movie in my head, which I think is a good indication of um, quite good writing. If, it, if it's that easy to absorb and easy to read. It's good, which is uh, different from the book I am now reading. Which and what is are you now a reading? Very strange book. You might have heard of it. It's called uh, Ship of Theseus, and it's by uh, J.J. Abrams and. Oh yes, yes. Duke you you told you, you spoke about this. Um, uh, it, was it in the last episode, or was it when we were chatting after the last episode? I think it was when we were chatting afterwards, and I think I just. I was just about to start it. I was telling you a little bit about it. Yeah, so it's... how are you getting on with that? So this is the book, um, which has sort of been made to look like an old library book. But although yes. there is an actual story in the book, the main story is what, what's been written in the margins between the two people as they both uh, take uh, pop into the library to see the book. Yes. I don't, no, know, I, I don't think I've done, done it justice. I don't think I did the premise justice of my uh, description. But... Roughly speaking, that is what it is. Yes, that was actually a really good kind of brief summary of what it is. Okay, it, it, it's it's an interesting premise because yeah, like you said, it's it's kind of like a mock up of a, a like a university library book, and it's like it's published by a fake author. I don't think the author actually exists. Because um, so the, the story itself, um, that, that the actual text, what is that about? So the the main story itself is about a man who wakes up uh, in a strange city with amnesia, can't remember who he is or where he is, and then he kind of goes through a number of sort of strange events, and he he ends up in different places and meets different people, 
and then there's kind of like interlinking threads between these different places like he'll meet someone who look kind of looks like uh, someone else he's met somewhere um and then various events happen which kind of force him to keep moving on and he's kind of remembers lit- little bits and pieces but never much i'm I, I still haven't read all of it i'm about halfway through it at the moment and the main the main story i found quite um quite interesting actually but as as you said that's only half of it because in the book itself um written in the margins and everything are these two other people having kind of correspondence with each other via the book so i think it's a man and a woman who've um they're kind of writing to each other back and forth about the book and about the author uh, i'd say author in quotes because it's it's written by jj abrams and doug dorset but they the author on the front cover is called uh i think it's vm straker and the we and it's strange because the pre- the premise of them talking is them trying to figure out who this Straka character is and so they're it's strange because they're talking about other books he's written which I, I, I don't think are real and then or that they are in the context of this book that he's written these other books and then there there's sort of this s this like um s letter this kind of picture that keeps on turning up and that seems to be linked to some sort of secret society that the author's connected to. And then they've met other people who are doing research on this person and this society to figure out who it was. And it's all very mysterious s- mysterious and strange. But within the book as well, you've got these like ec- excerpts, like you've got like a fake newspaper uh, piece and you've got some photographs and postcards and and then they're talking about like codes and everything but the it, it it's kind of strange because you're reading the story and then they underline bits and they'll be writing in the margins and you kind of you're halfway down the page and then you feel like you've got to go and read the notes as well and yeah it's kind of like you're trying to read two stories at the same time i and think like, the idea that maybe, what it sounds like to me, is that hidden in that text, Henry, is some sort of code. And if you want to know the secret of what's really going on, you've got to work out the code. And I think for maybe someone who is very smart, very engrossed in this, and has way too much time on their hands, that would be brilliant. But for me, I'd be like, why is all this scribbling on the page? I just want to enjoy the story. Yeah. It, and that, it... Wait, so you, are you saying I'm not smart enough and I haven't got enough time on my hands to figure this out? Ah, uh, you got that part. Um, the, the time, the time part, the time part. Although um, actually, if you haven't worked out the code by now, maybe you're the one saying you're not smart enough. Mm. <laughs> but that, that's the thing, they are talking about like this kind of like a code and a... This, but it's... And there's some... like The problem is some of the ri- the written bits in it, the bits in the margin, are quite hard to follow because as you're reading through, you're kind of reading them as they're corresponding, but then they write in different colours as well, which seem to be correspondence that seem suggest that they're later on. So you've 
you've got all these different bits and pieces from various different times and some of the times it's actually really hard to read like you can't actually because it, it's as if it's been handwritten I can't always read what they've written and yeah I, I, would, I, I would get that at, at, at times I kind of find myself really invested with like the margin notes and everything and then other times I'm kind of like <laughs> I remember reading the review of this book years and years ago. I can't remember where it was, a magazine, I think. Um, I remember reading the review, and I think they said, the same as you, Henry, that the, they found what's written in the margins or what's underlined, that they found that too distracting. And that although think, it was a brilliant premise, they would yes, prefer I think just... Yes, I, a... I think it's a novel idea. It's an interesting <laughs> idea. Good pun, good pun. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> There's a book um, stopping Godwin called a novel idea as well. A novel uh, idea. I, I'm actually quite enjoying the main story, but I, th- I think the the put into practice, it's quite, it's quite strange, and I don't think it quite works. I th- and I think the fact that it's kind of all made up about a made up author, I don't kind of really get it. Do you think it would have been better if J.J. Abrams had made it into a movie? I yeah, I think it could kind of work as a TV series or a yeah, or as a movie where you're seeing this the man and the woman kind of correspond, but you kind of get to see how it plays out. I think I think J.J. Abrams because he is a well-known and probably quite talented director, he probably should have made it into a movie. Mm. But may- maybe, seeing as I'm only halfway through at the moment, I might, <laughs> I might get to the end and be like, oh, it it all clicked at the end, and it I really enjoyed it. <laughs> at the moment, I'm enjoying the main the main bit the main story, and I'm kind I kind of find the the margin stuff quite mixed. It can be engaging at times, and other times it's a bit confusing, and I get a bit lost. But yeah, I think I think I'll have to uh, come back to it once. Once I've finished it, I'll be able to give my final review. At the moment, it's kind of mixed, kind of enjoying it. And then there's a few, yeah, it's kind of a bit middle of the road, I find. Interesting premise, but I don't think it's it quite works. I think that'd be, be my kind of summary of it at the moment, halfway through. It's a shame because J.J. Abrams writing the sci-fi novel, you'd think, oh my God, this is going to be brilliant. Um... And maybe he was just I don't, a tad I don't too think he ambitious. actually wrote it. I think he came up with the premise and he got this the other guy, uh, Doug Dorst. I think he's the one who then wrote it. Uh, but JJ Abrams think... is the one on the cover. No, they're both on the cover. Uh-huh. No, actually, neither of them are on the cover of the book. Um, uh, it's the kind of fake author. And instead, they're kind of. It, it comes in this kind of little box and they're on, their names are on the box. And. Uh, so yeah, I think I think next episode, hopefully when I've finished it, I'll be able to give you my uh, what you final, should do, Henry. Take on it. What you should do: throw away the box and take the book and donate it to a library. God, someone be <laughs> really <freaking> confused. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, or what, what? What you could do: cover like um, all like the notes and annotations except for the very first one in. Um, Tipex, and then just slowly, every couple of days or so, just reveal the rest of it and see if anyone's like going in to, and just, like following the story or like writing their own annotations. In, I uh, tell you what, it, it made it when I started reading it. What it made me think of it made me think back to like GCSEs, and where you'd have to annotate like 
of mice and men and books like yeah, that. Yeah, like, that's true. The, what what does this stand for? Or oh, the the red the red dress stands for danger. Yeah. Yeah. English literature classes, we did sort of really dissect, over-dissect. Mm-hmm. There's like books. Vietnam flashbacks of, yeah, of my, yeah, English, going off of my, my English classes, which I can't say I really enjoyed. I think no. I think by, by the end of them, I, was, I think I was sick to death with um, an Inspector Calls and, to, and uh, of Mice and Men. I was like, I've read these so many times and I can't fit any more in the margin. And, oh, God... I had the History Boys and To Kill a Mockingbird, I think. Yeah, yeah To Kill yeah. a Mockingbird. Um, so yeah, it it kind of it kind of reminded me of those because in in the book they are they're not it's not all just mystery, the mystery of the author, but it's also they're doing stuff like like that, like oh this could mean such and such or um, this could signify that, and then that then ties into their like their, the conspiracy theory of who the author, uh, author is i'll tell you what it's, it's like Let's keep prob- <laughs> i'll tell you what i think the problem is is there's almost too many threads too many different things happening at once too, too many different things happening at once and i can't really I can't, I can't clearly see them coming together by 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 next episode, I'm going to be like that meme again. You know, like when I was talking about Horizon, I said, yep. "Oh, I, yep. I'm going to be the sunny, from it's always I, sunny, where he's got all I think the pieces it's, it's of paper Charlie, attached by string." I think it's Charlie, the character. I don't know that. I haven't really watched the show. Yeah, but yeah he's got so, this whole conspiracy board all across one wall. Yeah, so I'm go- I'm going to have that for this book now. I, I'm be like, there's so many different threads. I've got to tie them all together, and I just yeah, it's a strange book. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think I think that's how I can just sum it up. It's, it's, it's a strange book. It's a strange book. I suppose going from your very um, straight, informative, motivational military fiction, sorry, military non-fiction, actually, going from that to this, it must make it seem so much weirder. Yeah, but that's the, I'm no, I'm no stranger to fancy books really no no although you do need to read the first this is such a different premise to anything else i've read that it's it's a strange book but at the same time it's interesting because of that but kind of feel it'd be a bit hard to recommend at the moment i I think i will have to wait until i have finished it to be like yes it was good or i'm I'm not so sure about it at the moment i'm kind of middling middling yeah anyway that was a bit a bit rambly and that, that, that was quite like a long not, long discussion not... on this strange book yes but uh yeah um what else have you been up to recently i saw that you're playing a lot of pokemon on switch yeah the this week the pokemon sword and shield um uh dlc dropped um mm. it's the first pokemon game i believe that's actually had dlc and i know it's been very controversial lots of people have been saying I want. I want. Wanted to buy the full game when I bought the full game. I don't want to have to pay for the rest of the game. But actually, whenever because I'm a long-running fan of Pokemon, I'm not quite old enough to have played the originals. Um, but whenever I've played a Pokemon mainstream game, I've always got through it and found there's not that much end-game content. I'll, I'll um, tell you what, to do. what makes me laugh about this DLC is that originally when uh, they released sword and shield 
everyone was kind of in uproar that you didn't include all the Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, and then they brought out hundreds and hundreds more for the DLC. Yeah, so um, we could get you to pay more money for them. And everyone's, yeah, everyone's been fairly cool about it. Oh, yeah, cool DLC, yeah, I'll get there. No no one's been like, wait a minute, you said you couldn't put these in the game. And now you're asking us to pay for them, but yeah, I I, I did that anyway because I wanted. To yeah, play. yeah, I did that. I did that anyway too. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, it worked. I think it was just I, I very very bad PR. Oh, sorry, uh, I think it was very very bad PR on Nintendo's part. Uh, way back when, when there was all the whole what was it called? Uh, Pokegate. Po- well, no, no, it was like it's like a Brexit, uh, but for Pokemon, Dexit, Dexit, Dexit. Dexit. It was just handled really badly by Nintendo. But, and maybe uh, maybe they could have said, oh, we're going to add the rest in a free DLC later down the line. But I can't remember the last time Nintendo gave anything away for free. <laughs> anyway, I, I it has absorbed me for the last few days. I was going to say, because uh, I, uh, I, I think you, you added me on uh, Switch, Switch recently, on the online, and you've got like 50 plus hours on it. That's not in the last week, for the record. I was, I, say, I was really surprised, because you, you'd hardly played any of it, even the base game, and then suddenly you've got about 50 hours on it. Yeah, yeah. I did you, last few weeks. Does that mean you've caught them all, Tom? Have you I, all? I have not even gotten close to catching them all. Although there's actually less in this game than in previous games, so it's much more much easier to catch them all. But I, I have, I, the last few weeks, I was like, the, the DLC's coming out soon. I've not even pl- started playing it yet. I'm going to get through everything, and then I can do the DLC. And um, luckily, uh, this game is, is very much like a corridor. <laughs> it is not, you can't get lost. You can't really, um, there's, there's no like choices, apart from your team, obviously, but there's no like consequences to how you do certain things. Uh, so it was very much something that you could just get through. In fact, apparently there's quite a competitive scene of speedrunning Pokemon games. I know my brother is very very much into doing the games as quickly as he can and logging his score online. Well, for, for me, Pokemon was kind of always my travel game. Uh, I used to have it on Game Boy and Nintendo DS. And it, it was always the game, like if I was doing a long car journey or if I was on a flight or something, it would be the game I'd have with me because I just, I just always play it on those i can't i can't play a game or read a game if i'm moving if i'm in a car i can do it on a plane on a plane i'm fine and i think on a train i'm okay as well sometimes that's the funny thing because none of my family can like read or anything in the car and they all get car sick and i'm yeah i get really really bad i love it i get travel sick very easily I love it. It's because I've read so many books just on long car journeys and like playing Pokemon and other like Nintendo games on my Game Boy or DS and Switch. It's yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I got the DLC as well kind of to fill the time. I think the, so the DLC came out on the 17th of June and then The Last of Us came out on the 19th and I was, I, I got the DLC to kind of fill fill the time between the, 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 the like the two days before the last of us came out yeah yeah and, and then, i think i think you want to talk about the last of us now don't you henry uh well no i was actually gonna um, oh you got more pokemon you, stuff to do by all means was, by all means yeah i was gonna ask um how, how far through it have you got i don't want to give away any spoilers have you got the you've got 
Well, I, it's a Pokemon game. It's not really <laughs> not story really spoiler. heavy or anything. No, it? no, it's not. Um, so the new Pokemon that's been all over the um, uh, advertising material, uh, this little Kung Fu um, fighting Pokemon Bear. called Kubfu. I've got him and I've evolved him. And I'm about to do what I believe is the final challenge, if you like, of the story type mode in um, the DLC. Is that where you have the final fight at the dojo? That is where I have the final I, fight at the dojo. I, I haven't done it yet. you're at the exact same part as me then. Oh, well, you see, I stopped to um, uh, effort value train uh, some more new Pokemon for my mm. team. Um, not because I needed to, but because I, I, I like having them there and going, that's a very high stat. I like that stat. Very high number. Makes me happy, Henry. It makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> and which... Um... I take it you evolved Cub for which because you can, it's this it has two different forms but you can only pick one. You have to go mm. through a tower, and it's it can either become a, a dark type or it can be become a water type. There's um, the, the, there's two towers where you can train your new Pokemon, and depending on the tower you choose to train through, that's what that 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 determines its form. Um, it's, it's you can cup, only cup, choose one. Cup. Is it Cub Fu has its final evolution after you beat one of the towers? It that's right. Into, is it Urshifu? Urshifu, yeah, that's right. Um, and that also determines what moves it learns as well. So which which tower did you go for? So I went for the Tower of Darkness. And my logic, yeah. my logic being, yes, I know water can have these sort of mystical Kung Fu um, connotations, but the Tower of Darkness, you want to know how to fight, you've got to get mean you've got to, you've got to fight dirty i think the tower of darkness would be the one the, the place where i would want to train if i was going to be training myself so i so, I, I, so I went your your logic was very different to mine mine was well i've already got a bunch of water types but i don't really have any <laughs> many dark types Plus, See, i was thinking about the pokemon i was thinking about his benefit and what would be best for him and his growth you were thinking about you henry yeah plus same I, on I you think, <laughs> i think the Dark type one looks slightly cooler in my opinion, so it is for vanity's okay. sake as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. To be fair, I did notice that as well. <laughs> I am, I am vain. I'll put my hands up. I did say, <laughs> like, good news. Stick with me, Cub through and you'll always look your best, whether or not you want want to or not. Yeah. So I think, uh, like you, I've in about two days, I played through most of the kind of story of the DLC. Um, but yes, and then The Last of Us 2 came out. I haven't had a chance to get it yet because on Amazon, prior to its release, it was only available as a steelbook. And I'm sort of like, well, I'll give it a bit and see if they offer just a base game for a little bit cheaper. But, but that, that was just the base game. It's just that it was a pre-order bonus that you also got a steelbook with it. Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> Tell me what it's like. Without any spoilers. I'm not going to go into spoilers. Good. Because, um, yeah, we will have to do a spoiler discussion once you've played it. Because, oh boy, uh, it is. I'm really enjoying it so far. It, it's been out two days and I think I've already put 10 hours in. <laughs> that, those are rookie numbers. Those are rookie numbers, Henry. You've got to get those numbers up. Well, see, seeing as it took me about three months to play Witcher 3, I think getting it 10, <laughs> 10 hours in over a weekend for me is... Pr- quite a lot actually. all right all right yeah that's okay i'll give you that i'll give you that so but um on an emotional level obviously you haven't got through to the end of the story yet 
but does this hold up to the original Last of Us game? There has been a couple of times where I've had to put the controller down, pause, and take a minute before I go back <laughs> to playing. Already? That early? Yeah. There's, uh, oh, this this game. It's it's so well crafted. The story. There has been so many like bits of like twists and turns I didn't see coming, and it that they've been handled really well. Like th- there were um, some bits where I was a bit kind of unsure how I felt about them, and then later down the line, the story kind of changed and adapted. And I was like, okay, that make that kind of makes sense as to why they made that decision for the story, and uh, it's really interesting how they've handled that. So yeah, it's oof, it's because just the premise of the uh, the Last of Us is it's a it's a dark and gritty world, it's a dark and gritty game, um, and that is very present both in the story and the combat. I think the combat is probably one of my only gripes is because i'm kind of terrible at it (laughs) (laughs) to be fair it was a bit challenging it it was a bit challenging until you actually worked out the best way to get through things it was very challenging that's the thing the combats become slightly harder because i think the ai for the enemies have been improved and it's really quite noticeable because they're they're, i think they're a lot smarter than they were in the previous games because they now do like different tactics they'll actually try and flank you so there's been a number of times where i've been shooting at two people and suddenly i'm getting shot from the side because this enemy i didn't notice has kind of outflanked me and it's made it that the last of us was always known for very good ai obviously not where the zombies are concerned well the equivalent of zombies but ellie in the original games he would go off and forage for you while you're busy smashing someone's face in as joel uh, it might interest you to know, Henry, while you were giving that description, you completely sold me. And while you were saying that, I literally just ordered Last of Us 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect. It was my sales pitch, my salesman skills that clinched the deal. And you didn't even notice. You didn't even realise. No. But, uh, yeah, it's... And it, oh, there's uh, oh, the, the dogs as well. The, the enemies have dogs. And that they make it challenging as well because they can sniff you out and then they can track oh. you down. And I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> I also probably hesitate more. And I don't know if this makes me a bad person, but I'd hesitate more killing the dog than I would killing the human. Oh, yeah. I've seen so many other people who are like, I don't want to kill the dog. And oh, don't get me wrong. I would still probably kill the dog. If it was between oh, me I, and the dog, I've I would, accidentally I would done it in panic where uh, I think there was one time where I was kind of hiding and then the dog caught my set. set. And it kind of leapt at me. I just panic pressed the melee button, and I was just like, "Oh god, no, no Henry!" And I was like, "No, I didn't mean to do that." And then you there monster! Sh- <laughs> then there are people shooting at me. I'm like, "I'm sorry." I don't blame them. I don't blame them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think the yeah, I think at the moment I might only yeah, the the, the combat is quite challenging. So there've been a couple of times where I've got frustrated because. I, I keep on dying and having to redo a section. So I think there was one bit where I got so frustrated that I kind of 
because it's it's you try and remain stealthy as long as you can because resort you like your ammo is limited and everything yeah um so you're trying to sneak and take out enemies silently and then if you need to you go in guns blazing if it all fails usually where there's the option of stealth or fight i'm usually going guns blazing <laughs> yep myself so Just that's, that's, I, that's, that's I find it easier but those means stealth is optional for this mission okay yeah. oh boy but, here i go with kill this, again because you have such you have so such limited ammo and resources it, you can't really do that so i think they got to a section in the game where i kind of i died a few times so what i did was i kind of felt found like a sneaky route part of the way took out a few enemies and then i just sprinted through the rest of it <laughs> and so you can you can completely skip combat and some combat encounters if you're careful and i think there is a way to completely sneak and avoid um enemies so i think there was a there was an area where i i cleared out all the enemies and i was just going around exploring to try and find resources and i found a route that would have taken me past all the enemies if I'd found it earlier. And I was like, oh, damn. You see, I wouldn't have taken it even if I'd found that before taking out the enemies. So I'd be like, from a realistic point of view, I don't want enemies behind me and in front of me. There'll definitely be more enemies in front of me. I don't want them behind me as well. Mm. So from a realist, from a realism perspective, I want to try and take them out if I can. And also, for because of a um, cold-blooded, um, dark-natured part of me is just like, no. <laughs> They don't get to live. I am not going to be merciful. But uh, uh, one one of the one of the things that has really sold me on this game is just certain levels of detail. Like the cutscenes are absolutely gorgeous. It's like watching a movie. Like the detail on like the characters and everything is incredible. Like um, and even like at certain points in the game. I think there's uh, you can upgrade your weapons and when you're at a workbench and you're upgrading them, you can zoom in, but you zoom in and you kind of also see Ellie's hand and just the detail on like the gun and on her hand is absolutely incredible. It looks so lifelike and that's amazing. And then there's just other aspects in the game, like when you're wandering through the world, if you go past a tree that has snow on it, and if you, even if you just lightly brush it, you'll see the snow fall onto the ground there's just various like little details and one of um one of the ones which really um it's so small but it's kind of so incredible how much detail they go into and there's a scene where you you're playing a guitar and you use kind of like the d-pad on your controller to strum the guitar but what i found was if you strum in the opposite direction it actually makes a slightly different sound so when you're when you're playing guitar if you strum down um you play the uh strings they'll make a specific sound but then if you strum up they make a slightly different sound and the fact that they have included that that just that subtle change in sound for something that they didn't need to do but they did it anyway <laughs> i was just like this is why i love games just fantastic great story and just beautiful details even something so detail. minute as that is fantastic. So in terms of the games you've played so far this year, there's The Witcher 3, 
Pokemon and this. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say, leave a longer pause. It's basically just The Witcher 3. It, yeah, it pretty much has just been The I was Witcher gonna, 3. I was going to say, compared to the games that you've played so far this year, I'm thinking, well, there's three of them. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was going to say, how does it compare? But to be honest, there's only three games. Yeah, I can't, so, I can't really do much. And besides, they're such different games as well. They are very different games. They are it's very quite... different games. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. I I don't think I think on the the day it came out, I think I stayed up too late playing it, <laughs> so I had some very strange dreams afterwards. So I don't think I've. Oh, I love strange dreams. I'm I'm a big fan of strange dream of strange dreams. But it it, it, it wasn't fan. even like I I was dreaming of like the zombies or the enemies or anything. It was the fact that I was dreaming that I was having to collect the resources. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was. It was funny. But it I, was... Once, I once came down with a really bad fever, but I'd been playing way too much Destiny 2 before that. So I dreamed that I was, because in Destiny 2, this area which is placed under a curse where you fight mm. in this war and every week the whole battlefield resets and everyone who's died resets. And um, I dreamed I was stuck in that loop and I was fighting these monsters over and over and over again. And that was my dream. <laughs> and for some people, I was like, that's horrible. I'm like, it was so much fun. <laughs> then I woke up and I was very, very disorientated. I can imagine, but uh, yeah, now now that you've um, now that you've ordered it, once uh, once you've played it, once we both finished it, we'll have to have a proper spoiler discussion. We'll have to have a spoiler episode. In fact, yeah. we can throw in any spo- other spoilers that we wanted to talk about into that episode. And that can be the spoiler episode. I don't think there's anything else I can really say say on it without going into spoilers. Just that there were some. There's some twists and turns I didn't see coming, and yeah, it's I'm really enjoying it so far. I think Naughty Dog games are actually really well made. The mm. only Naughty Dog games that I've played, to be fair, are the Uncharted games and Last of Us, but they've all been exceptional. Wasn't uh, Crash Bandicoot that was that was a, that was a um, Naughty Dog Naughty game? Dog. I've not Did played that very much. That? I never played that. No. Uh, I uh, I got the. Uh, remastered tri- uh, the in- insane trilogy. I don't like, like platformers and games like that. That's the thing. I never owned the Crash games when I was a kid. When I had a PS One or a PS Two, and so when I when this came out, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get that because I remember that from my childhood. And it's all nostalgia, and it'll be so much fun. I am absolutely dog shit at it. <laughs> I am truly, truly terrible at Crash Bandicoot. That scene in um, Uncharted Four. Where you play as Nate playing Crash Bandicoot. I was terrible at that. I was just like, I'm better controlling Nate at climbing, and I'm terrible at that climbing <laughs> than I am for Crash Bandicoot. This. What is Crash Bandicoot? What type of animal is it? He's a bandicoot. Is that... That's an that's an animal. I don't know. What kind of animal is a bandicoot? I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. What animal? If I just say, Henry, your um, keyboard has a really satisfying uh, typing sound. He's an eastern barred bandicoot. So there is actually there is actually an animal called a bandicoot. And what is a bandicoot? It kind of looks like a cross between a rabbit and an anteater. But small. Oh. I will send you a link. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to be really, really interested to see what you have to say when you play it. Um... Yeah, and a couple of couple, I've been speaking to some other friends who 
who've been playing it as well, and they're really what enjoying it. What is that? I've, I've just clicked your link. <laughs> Have you seen is... it? <laughs> that is weird. Do you see what I mean? It kind of looks like a rabbit and an anteater. Oh, and there's this um, fan art of Crash Bandicoot with the weirdest face. <laughs> right, okay, that's enough. That's more than enough. But, uh, yes, I think I, I will save saying any more on uh, The Last of Us 2. Uh, for, for the spoiler a, episode. For a spoiler episode once we've both played it. Because, uh, yeah, th- I have a lot to say about it once we both have finished it. <laughs> <laughs> And anything else? Can you think of anything else at all? Or well, on The Last of Us too. I haven't played it, Henry. <laughs> no, just in just in anything else you want to go over? Anything else? My life has become so boring <laughs> since since we've had to go into isolation. I've there's nothing really interesting that I can say. Um, Gonna stop you there, Tom. This is it, it, don't want to take up another ten minutes of the episode of your personal rant. <laughs> <laughs> My personal rant. It is. I is. Very tempting, very tempting, um, but I will spare you. Um, what about what do you plan to read next? Thing? What do we plan to play next? Um, we plan to play next after Last of Us Two. Because think... I've got a long list of games to get through, but we'll get to that. What do you plan to play next? Yeah, so I think once I've played this, I've got. Um, I'm thinking of either going. I'm thinking of going back to this, the Spider Man game because uh, I've still got mm. the DL- I've got the DLC for those still to play. And I've got a couple of the uh, Tomb Raider reboot games that I think I got like a couple of Christmases ago and just haven't got around to playing. I've so... got some of those on my PC because I got them when they were on, on, in the sale. So I could play those two at some point and we can discuss. Yeah, so I think I'll, I'll probably look at playing playing those. And I've got, uh, oh, Breath of the Wild as well for Switch. I need to play. I think after having only recently just finished um, Witcher 3, I don't feel quite inclined <laughs> to jump into another open world game again and take up another half half a year trying to finish that oh my god did it really take you that long oh, i think i started witcher in about february and i finished it you see i set myself the challenge of reading all the witcher books and then playing for all the games in order and you've started none of them oh no hang on no 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 i'm about five or six books in actually thank you very much but mm. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's going to take me forever by the sounds of it. Might be on episode 100 and you might have just about started. I'll be 100, I'll be 100 and I'll have to start the first game by then. But what do you uh, think I should play next? Um, so once once Her- Uncharted... <coughs> sorry, Horizon what? Zero Dawn. <coughs> well, I was, I was Horizon say, Zero Dawn. Last of <laughs> Us won't get here until end of end of next week. Um, so there's something that I could potentially play through between now and then. Hmm. Witcher sounds pretty good. <laughs> I think it'd take you a while. Uh, Nef- not gonna be the- definitely not going to be done in a week. I don't know. Uh, just keep playing more Pokemon until Last of Us turns up. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. I think we'll wrap up there. Um, so, thank you. Thanks for the whiskey, Tom. This is a That's, good Christmas uh, whiskey, which I finally finally, finally got around to I'm glad you drinking. enjoy it. I'm glad I, I chose a good one. It was between that and one which I later found out you really liked. So <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad this one turned out to be okay. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye thank you now. very much. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.